Hey there, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the league correspondent here at the AHL Report. And of course, I'm joined every week by my fabulous co-host, the editor-in-chief here at Rocket Sports Media and our founder, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to you. I hope you're doing well. Thank you. A bit of a soggy week uh, along the eastern uh, part of North America, and um, a little bit making it through. Absolutely, I've I felt like I was going to have to swim anywhere I needed to go yesterday. The roads are all flooded here, but but yeah, it's been good. It's August fourteenth. We're halfway through August. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Now this is the time that normally there's there's no news. Uh, that those two weeks in August and then things start picking up. But we've got lots of news today. Lots of things yeah. to talk about. Plenty. And even outside even outside the uh, the world of of uh, hockey, AHL hockey. And as we usually do, um, we'll just start with a couple of things that are in the sporting news. I like and. It. One one I thought I'd mention um, just because we we spent some time on it uh, last week or last two weeks actually, uh, and that's uh, just to give a little Johnny Manziel update, a short oh. brief. Yeah, because he had his second start, and we all recall how the first start went for turnovers in the first half um, against the Thai Cats against the Red Blacks. Uh, he actually looked pretty decent. He made he, he looked. He looked okay. Um, the Owls didn't. <laughs> and they still ended up <laughs> losing the game. But um, really? Johnny Manziel looked like a, you know, a pro quarterback. Um, wow. So yeah. maybe he'll get a third start? Uh, well, maybe he will. Although there was a tweet today, and let me see if I can find it. Um. Yeah, from RDS saying uh, Johnny Manziel is not at practice today. Uh-oh. So, yeah. Let hmm. the rumor mill begin. So I, th- I think that means we'll be talking about him next week, too. <laughs> In all likelihood, that is probably true. <laughs> now, something happened on the weekend, a sport that I, sport that I play, but a sport that I, I don't, I, I don't, it doesn't, engage me um to watch okay but i know the reverse is is true for you um and you do like to watch and um tiger woods was he's slowly getting back to his you know uh old glory kind of form and um he he had people's hearts racing on the weekend let me tell you, Tiger is back. I've, of course, I've been saying that every year since the last time he won a major. Um, but this year, like, he's really, oh, if you didn't see the last round of the PGA Championship this weekend, oh, my goodness. I mean, it was, he he was, he couldn't have gotten closer to, to winning it. I mean, it was just it was incredible to watch. He was just sinking birdie after birdie, making great par saves. The momentum was there. Um, chipping like you wouldn't believe. Just it's like vintage Tiger Woods. He just every tournament he's played in this year, um, he just seems to be getting progressively better and more comfortable and looking like the Tiger Woods of old, which is just. It, like I understand some people can't stand to watch golf and I understand some people probably aren't Tiger Woods fans, but I just, I want to see him get back to, to winning again, um, to, to overcome as many back surgeries as he's had and his own personal issues and those kinds of, just to see him focused and excelling and oh, it was exciting. I think it's, you know, he did well at the British open, um, but he was really in the hunt. He was really in the hunt this past weekend. And, uh, I don't know. I don't think we're far off. I don't think we're far off at all before we see him, um, at the top and of where the leaderboard. Did he um, top five, top 10. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, I'd have to look okay. it up, but yeah, he was, 
he was, I mean, he was right in there. He finished second, actually. Oh, um, okay. I believe. I believe he finished in second place right behind Brooks Kepka, who is the one who ended up winning it all. Um, but yeah, Brooks Kepka won it. Tiger Woods ended up just in second place. So it was, uh, it was really exciting. It was very, very fun to watch. Tell you what is exciting, and that is um, playing fantasy football, which is um, the yeah. leagues are coming together this time of year. All Habs uh, Hockey Magazine has a, a fantasy a fantasy sports league, actually, both mm-hmm. uh, fantasy football and fantasy hockey, and those leagues will be coming together. And if you are interested um, in uh, being a manager for your own fantasy football or hockey team, uh, do um, – uh, reach out to us on uh, all the usual ways and Twitter and wherever. And we're glad to get you involved in that. And we've got some uh, uh, preseason NFL football is underway. Um, Love it. With both your, your Eagles and my Vikings. Um, mm-hmm. Eagles mm, uh, against the Steelers. I'm not, I'm not sure that turned out the way that, <laughs> that wanted it to, but looking ahead, to this week's the big uh, the big rematch in the preseason, oh, yeah. of course, but it's Eagles Patriots this week. Well, and Big Tom Brady apparently came out today. And big Tom Brady, you know, says he's going to play on Thursday. Mm. Which go right ahead, Tom. Go right ahead. I know you need to try to piece together the broken, shattered shards <laughs> of your ego from losing to the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. I realize you have to try to do that uh, by playing against our like eighth string guys, but, but you do you, Tom, you do you. We'll still be, uh, we'll still be there the first Thursday night of the regular season when our Super Bowl championship banner will be officially unveiled at Lincoln financial field in Philadelphia. And Tom Brady will be crying in a beer somewhere. So so it's all good. It's all good. Now, for that game, for the, the opening game, there's some question on whether um, superstar quarterback Carson Wentz will actually be suiting up for that game or not. It's true. Does that He's... cause some concern for Eagles fans? I don't know. Um, I, you know, I don't want him to rush back. It's, it's great that he is that his rehab is ahead of schedule. Um, he's looked good in training camp. Um, but, and yeah, it'd be, it'd be great to have him on the field, but part of me also just wants Nick Foles to be able to play that first game because it's kind of the celebratory Super Bowl championship game. So let Nick Foles go out there and, and play that first game. And then if Carson's ready, bring him in. Um, but I don't, I also don't want them to rush him just to get him to start for week one. I don't, I don't think that that's necessary so what if he comes back and stinks <laughs> bite your tongue bite your tongue that can't happen he was de- yeah. he was bound he was well on his way of being mvp last year before that injury happened um i have to believe that he's just gonna come back even better he's not gonna stink don't you go right, putting your Viking right, voodoo right, right, jinx right, right. on it. Well, I see kind of a voodoo jinx that, that some Eagles fan bought a giant billboard outside of uh, Gillette Stadium <laughs> uh, to taunt <laughs> the Patriots. Um, I fully support this. And if there's a GoFundMe for it, I will contribute. <laughs> um, <laughs> because that's how it should be. It just now my, how it should be. My Vikings opened the preseason um, with their new, brand new, shiny new, expensive new quarterback, Kirk Cousins. Oh, yeah. Um, behind a kind of makeshift O-line, and and, uh, and he looked pretty good. Um, kind of a, a halfway deep ball to Stefan Diggs, uh, and then followed that up with a, a one-yard TD. To uh, Diggs as well, went four for four, uh, played one, one series, eight play drive, marched him down uh, for a touchdown, and and, uh, and the Vikes. Uh, now, okay, there's no Vaughn Miller. The Broncos didn't have Vaughn Miller. Mm-hmm. But, but still, it was pretty good. 
Um, forty-two twenty-eight bikes over the Broncos, and, and wow, uh, yeah, and then back up, back at well, this is interesting, right? Uh, Trevor Simeon comes over, was quarterback for Denver last last season. He comes over. It's now the um, the Vikings backup. He's eleven for seventeen, two TDs. Uh, he looks pretty good, and uh, good old Case Keenum that that um, that that took Case the Vikings. Keenum. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't look very good for Denver. No. Now the starting quarterback in Denver, one for four for five yards, and um, and Uh-oh. really didn't. No, he'll be better, but he facing his <laughs> old team, he didn't he didn't look too good. Didn't fare so well. Hmm. No. It's you know it's I enjoy preseason hockey to a degree, probably because we study prospects so much around the league that that I, that I still get very invested into, into the lineups that are iced for preseason, uh, preseason hockey, but preseason football is hard for me. Oh, and uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's really bad football. (laughs) It's not, it's not good football. And it's, it's no one that you're ever going to see take the field during the regular season. It's just, it's an exercise in futility if you ask me. So it's, it's hard. For, it, I look forward to football season so much every year, but not preseason, not in the least. No. Starters are in for once. And, and how do you, how do you make any kind of judgments about what the team's going to look like? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I don't think it needs to um, be a month long either. The Stanley cup. Um, we've been, our, we saw our friend Phil Pritchard in uh, in Dallas at the Dallas, draft, and uh, he's been traveling all uh, summer with the Stanley Cup. Right now, he is in uh, Germany, the the hills in Germany. Wow, Ober, Oberding, Germany, and uh, there's a great picture Phil had uh, today on his um, Twitter of uh, Phil Grubauer uh, holding the cup. Um, nice. Grubauer, who now is with Colorado, but but a member of the Stanley Cup winning Washington Capitals, and he is. It looks like he's feeding cows out of the Stanley Cup. Um, nice. So, yeah. That that cup and Philip Pritchard. I mean, you know, Philip Pritchard has a, has a pretty sweet gig to begin with, but Philip Pritchard and the Cup's summertime has to be just absolutely incredible every year. I mean, he gets to go and experience every player's day with the cup and all of the wild antics that that, you know, whether it's feeding cows or it's Ovechkin taking it all over God's creation. I mean, it's got to be pretty memorable every mm-hmm. single year. No, absolutely. And it's, and it's, uh, you know, we see these, these photos, but it's got to mean a lot for the, for the people um, who are off, whether it be small town Saskatchewan or in this case Germany, um, uh, or or you know when Lars Eller brought it to Denmark, the the people yeah. there are seeing the Stanley Cup. It's got to be a big deal for them. Absolutely. Um, so that's a big celebration. Um, and to finish our little uh, pre-show banter, we always end with the National Day calendar, and we uh, do. Yeah, we. I think we you're do. coming around, but I love the net. I, I think we, I am. We we get all kinds of uh, feedback on the National Day calendar. Today is um, uh, National Creamsicle Day. Um, oh, I like creamsicles. Uh, I do too. It's National VJ Day, um, and that has nothing to do with much music or whatever it is that you call it in the MTV in the states. No, with it's uh, the national um, victory in Japan. Uh, it's, oh, uh, World, World War II. <laughs> it's much more solemn than than okay. uh, MTV. Yeah. Already um, then. That's right. Um, so I, I thought I'd look for and 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 back because those aren't. I mean, it's an important yeah. day, very important day, but it, it doesn't. Creamsicle day? Yeah, creamsicle day is very important. <laughs> there's uh, Friday is National I Love My Feet Day. Um, what? There's, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. 
National I Love My Feet Day. Yeah. All right. I don't want to know. Today's coming up. Uh, Rum Day on Thursday. Rum Day. Yeah. Family member gave me a great recommendation. El Dorado 15. It's, uh, yeah, so that gets opened on uh, Thursday. I got to make a note of that. Rum Day on Thursday. But yesterday, yesterday, we'll go back day. Yesterday. Was National Left Handers Day. Left Handed Day? Left Handers. Left Handers. Yeah. How do you, how do you people, how do you, <laughs> how, how do, do you people, people call it? <laughs> you can't say that. How do you people? Yes, I am a lefty. I, you know, I don't know a single left-handed person that likes the term Southpaw because it just—I don't know—it doesn't like. It's like, shut up, Northpaw. Like, what? <laughs> what? What's like? What does that even mean? I'm left-handed. I didn't choose it. I didn't choose it. You have no idea the struggles. Imagine spending your whole life sit in school, in classrooms, sitting in those godforsaken desks that have the desk attached to the chair, and, and there's one left-handed desk in the entire room. The rest of them are all right-handed desks, so you have to write across your butt. It's just it's, it's awful. Left-handed well, we scissors, forget it. We gave you one day. Give us one day. Put it in Thanks. the back in the corner. It's usually beat up. Thanks. You Thanks. know all the all the uh, the supplies were usually on it, and then we dusted it off when the you know when when <laughs> there was a lefty in the in the that's in the classroom. That's nice. That's nice. Is it like one percent? Like I, I don't even know those stats. I don't know. There's but lots of the, us. If you're if you're a left-handed starting pitcher in the in in Major League Baseball, you get a lot of money. That's all I know. Okay. Well, that's all right. There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of left-handed people. Left-handed people, you know, um, we're very creative. Like because we have to use we have you know a different dominant side of the brain kind of thing. Uh, we tend to be a bit creative, but those who are more ambidextrous, which is, which is me, I, I only write and eat with my left hand. It is actually technically my weaker hand and arm. My, my stronger hand and arm is my right. So I throw and catch and cut and golf swing and baseball swing. All of that. I'm, I'm right-handed for all intents and purposes and everything else in life, except for writing and eating. That makes any sense. Um, But yeah, so there's, there's lots of left-handed people, you know, we feel a little special sometimes because we're left-handed learning how to learning how to write as a left-hander. I'm, and I'm so snobby about this too, because I, I was so, I, you know, you get self-conscious when you're a kid, when you're a lefty, because, you know, you're different. And when you're in elementary school, you don't want to be different. You don't want to be the one that's not doing things like the other kids. So I, you know, I wanted to be sure that when I was writing that I could write just like everybody else does, you know, with my, with my holding my pencil in my hand, the way everyone else does. Well, to do that as a left-hander means that I have to actually turn the paper that I'm writing on to almost a 90 degree perpendicular angle to myself <laughs> so that I can at least hold my pen or pencil the right way. Um, otherwise you'll see people uh, notoriously who didn't do that. And then they like curve their hand around in towards themselves. And it's like, they have like this little claw kind of thing going on. It's hard being a lefty. It's hard. Yeah. It is. If, if you're a lefty and you want to share your struggles, yeah. contact us. <laughs> That's right. I'm here. And, I and if you're a righty and you, and you want to share your struggles of living with a, a left-handed person, then, then there you contact go. us too. Yeah. So, Rick, I, you're a right-hander, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so, Rick will be available for <laughs> <laughs> Q&A for all the righties out there and I, I'll forge all of the uh, the lefty questions and concerns 
And um, yeah, so hug a lefty. They had their day yesterday. Mm-hmm. Buy them a There's creamsicle. The, buy them a creamsicle. Yes, absolutely. Cover off two days in one. Yeah. Um, we have a, there's a, speaking of, you know, plenty of talented people who are left-handed there's a, there's a kind of a famous lefty in the hockey teams that we cover. There is. In goal. In goal. Charlie Lindgren. Mr. Charlie Lindgren. Mr. Charlie Lindgren. Fellow, I'll use the word fellow Southpaw. <laughs> And uh, Charlie, you, you know, yeah, great attitude. Um, and um, I had to feel kind of bad for him. We were we were expecting to see him as the backup in Montreal that this year. That changed, uh, signing of Antiniemi. But uh, Charlie's got a good attitude, always does, and and he'll mm-hmm. um, he'll handle it all well, uh, really well. This week, um, Charlie is heading to the National Goaltending Camp in. Plymouth, Michigan. Um, okay. And for for, um, for all USA uh, goalies, um, and there's going to be soup to nuts there, young to old. Uh, Caden Primo is going to be there, so Charlie will get uh, nice. a chance to, to to mentor a little bit, and at the yeah. same time, um, he'll get to pick the brain of of guys like Jimmy Howard, um, and. Um, the Canadian's uh, website had a chance to catch up with him, and he talked about his uh, – uh, they changed his training routine a little bit this, this summer. Uh, he feels that he's in the best shape he's ever been, tip-top shape, and that was achieved by uh, playing a variety of sports, played a lot of tennis, played spike ball, a uh, variety of sports, not just hockey uh, this summer. Huh. He's looking forward to um, – yeah, he's really looking forward to the season – and uh, getting to Montreal, making that um, almost 24-hour drive from Minnesota to uh, Montreal will probably take a little detour uh, along the way and, and pick up uh, Manitoban um, Brett Learnout, and the two of them will make their way to camp um, in September. Excellent. Well, we always look forward to seeing how Charlie does it in the net. Um and I'm sure he's going to have sure he's going to have a strong season ahead of him this year. And he's left-handed, so you know. <laughs> so what is on the show today? Oh, you mean we haven't started the show yet? Well, that, well okay, we just started the show. The Charlie Lindgren. <laughs> you, you start the show with uh, we started the show with Charlie Lindgren. What what else is on the show besides Charlie Lindgren? Well. You know, we talked about how you mentioned how this time of the summer tends to be a little dry for for news in the hockey world. Um, So we're going to touch a little bit on that and (laughs) how um, it means that this time of year on social media, it's just things are just ripe for people to circulate rumors or misinformation to get passed along, false information to get passed along. Um, in an effort to just create headlines and, and stir things up and whatnot. Um, and this summer has been, there's been no shortage of it, and there's certainly been no shortage of it in the last week. Um, and so we're going to just touch a little bit on on that and, you know, talk about how it happens, why it happens, you know, the damage it does, just some opinion on that. We have a very special guest today uh, who's going to be on with us here uh, shortly. Uh, The Linka Gretzky tournament just uh, wrapped up over the weekend. Uh, It was held in Canada this year, which was super nice. Uh, Also made it even that much better when Team Canada took gold in the tournament on home turf. Um, And so to kind of break down briefly how the tournament went and give us some analysis and insight on how certain players looked, uh, and, and who stood out in advance of next year's draft. Uh, Mr. Sam Cosentino from Sportsnet is going to be joining us today. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, we're always happy to talk to Sam. Uh, we've uh, had the pleasure of chatting with him in, in plenty of press boxes uh, around North America uh, over the last couple of years. And so we're, we're really honored to have him on today. Um, and he'll be joining us here shortly. Um, 
yeah, and then we're just going to talk about some just general uh, Rocket Sports Media business that we want to share. Um, and and yeah, so we've got a we've got a pretty full uh, got a pretty full plate today. Fabulous. Well, I certainly don't want to. Uh, you know, we've we've just mentioned here a few moments ago that we had a very special guest joining us today, and I, I want to get right to that because I'm so happy to uh, to be able to welcome Sam Cosentino to the to the program to from the press box, uh, Sportsnet CHL and draft analyst, and he's joining us fresh off of a very exciting Linka Gretzky tournament. Sam, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, Amy, Rick, it's uh, it's great to be on and. Uh... You know, we're already talking about hockey, and it's still 80, 90 degrees out here. So it is a bit weird, but, uh, you know, it's nice to be able to have this event uh, closer to home when, um, you know, normally I would never get the opportunity to to attend such an event, even as important as it is for, uh, you know, for the scouting community and, and, and the upcoming 2019 draft. Absolutely. And for for Team Canada, especially uh, coming off the performance that they had at the World Junior Showcase, also in Canada this year, and then you follow that up with a gold medal performance in the Hlinka, it's pretty exciting for uh, for Canadians to, to really get to see that all happen on, on home turf. Yeah, and you know what? They, they've got a pretty good thing going on, especially with the with the summer showcase. And um, you know, it looks like it's going to rotate between the Americans and the Canadians. I was at the event in Plymouth last year. Uh, the timing didn't allow me to get to to both Kamloops and Edmonton, so I had to kind of pick my poison there. Uh, but yeah. it is nice for Canadian fans that you know that want to get a bit of a break in the summertime and maybe get some exposure and, and a heads up on on what's about to happen once we get into December and they name the camp team. You know, even previous to that, when we get into November and they talk about the, uh, you know, the Canada-Russia series that we do on Sportsnet, and then eventually, of course, leading up to the World Juniors on, on Boxing Day on the 26th. So it is definitely a nice precursor uh, to, to that event. Just uh, while we're, we're uh, as Amy mentioned, uh, and, and Sam, it's great to, we saw you in Dallas, and, and uh, it was great to see you there, and it's, it's uh, great to have you here. Um, Amy mentioned the the kind of rattled off Canada's uh, record World Junior gold uh, last January, uh, undefeated whatever that means at the World uh, Junior Summer Showcase and and the gold at uh, at the Helenka Gretzky tournament. Can I mean does it mean anything? Can we infer anything um, in your mind uh, about this the state of of uh, junior hockey in Canada from from that? Well, you know what I think it's in pretty good hands. Um, I'll start first with the with the Helenka Gretzky. Uh, you know that's a tournament that's you know been played for close to 30 years now. And Canada has medaled in I think 22 of the 27 or 20 tournaments that have been played. You know gold medal and I think 10 of the last 11. So it's not something that we should uh, that should come unexpected. You know the one thing I'll say about that event is that the Americans don't ever send their best team to that event. So it's close mm-hmm. to being a best on best in the age group, but it's not quite there. And I think with the Americans. Uh, almost supplanting Russia as Canada's number one rival, to have the U.S. best team available would be really awesome. Now, especially mm-hmm. after what happened in the, you know, in, in, in the Helenka Gretzky here with the the, uh, how things played out in the semi, uh, I don't know if we'll ever get the, uh, the best American team possible. Uh, but getting back to Canada in terms of where it stands, uh, a couple of underage players that were really successful. Uh, Lafreniere, of course, tied for the tournament lead in points. Justin Barron, I thought, was really solid in the back end. And then the rest of this class for, for 2019, a really good group, but as it should be. And then we get to the summer showcase, and yes, it is summer hockey, and yes, it doesn't really mean anything, but I think in the games, especially against the United States, you can tell that things are ratcheted up a little bit in terms of the intensity. And, and the fact of the matter is everyone will tell you, be it a coach or player, that once they put that Canadian flag on their jersey somewhere, um, you know, all bets are off in terms of where we are in the schedule, whether it's an exhibition game, a meaningful game, a medal game, whatever the case might be. So th- to answer the, the question in, in kind of grand scale form, you know, I think hockey is in a really good place in, in our country right now. And, um, you know, if I speak to the CHL specifically, we go back a few years ago and there was a big panic in our country about whether or not we were going to be able to provide top-notch goaltending. And at that point, um, import goaltenders were banned from – being drafted into the CHL. Well, this past 2018 import draft uh, allowed the import goalies to be um, implemented back into the draft. And what I think 
happened in kind of a knee-jerk move was that Hockey Canada and the CHL got together and said, you know what, we're, we're developing all of these European goalies and we're forgetting about our Canadian guys. And the end result of what happened was while the process and thinking was really good, the execution didn't turn out quite the way I think everybody thought. And we were getting a lot of 16- and 17-year-old goalies who were sitting in the CHL as backups or maybe playing 20, 20 games a year in those first two years and actually stunting their development as opposed to progressing it. Now those players who are 16 and 17 with the implement, implementation of European goalies back into the fray can go play in a Tier 2 level, can go play midget hockey, and play the number of games to help them develop, be it 50 games or some, in some cases 60 games, as opposed to kind of sitting on a bench, being a practice guy, losing his confidence, and, and taking that step backwards. You know, the other part to that was a lot of those uh, European goalies were end up ending up in other leagues, such as the USHL. And so if the CHL claims it to be the best mm-hmm. developmental league in the world, I think it's only right that they bring the European goalies back. But, um, again, we're talking on the grand scale. I think goaltending is still a bit of an issue, but I think we're going to see a, a little bit of an uptick in, in that area as well as we move forward. Were there any, you know, Lafreniere, lots of people seem to really be really be high on his performance um, coming out of this tournament so there, there's names that are kind of on everyone's lips right now that people are buzzing about. Was there anyone, whether it's on Team Canada or, or any of the other teams that you saw during the tournament, who really stood out to you, um, whether it as an as kind of an unexpected surprise or someone who you felt going in was 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 going to deliver and and they actually did? Uh, Vasily Podkolzin is the Russian uh, player who also had 11 points, had eight goals. He was a guy that I think many people felt very highly about in terms of his 2019 uh, draft status. He did nothing to disappoint that and was brilliant in the uh, bronze medal winning game. If I move down the list a, a little bit, uh, two underage players, and, and there were some pretty good ones here at this event. Lucas Raymond and Alexander Holtz, both of Sweden, I thought performed exceptionally well, and I think that mm. uh, is going to bode well for moving to the 2020 draft class. Uh, one guy that for Canada really jumped off the page for me it was Josh Williams, plays for the Medicine Hat Tigers, a guy who was uh, injured uh, last year, so didn't get a real feel for what he was all about. But uh, his ability to shoot the puck, his six goals, evidence of that, he was really, really impressive. And I think I'd, I'd say one more guy that, that kind of jumped off the page for me, uh, Daniil Gushkin, who a uh, Russian-born player, again, performed extremely well and, and played, um, you know, played – uh, on the top line for the Russians. I think he ended up with uh, eight or nine points in, in the event. Uh, but a guy who kind of got off to a slow start and then really started to rock and roll. So we're seeing uh, guys from all over the place, different countries. Uh, you know, I, I think about is it number 36 for Finland, Apostola was his last name. Is a guy who kind of jumped off the page for me a little bit who I didn't know anything about coming into the event. So there definitely is that star power. Uh, everyone knows that it's not hard to see, especially when the games were being played in the smaller rinks, to see mm-hmm. the general managers and all the scouts that were there. I mean, they were all over the place. I must have saw 10 or 12 different general managers there, and I probably didn't see every one of them. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a meaningful event, and that's why the best, mostly the best in the world, save for, you know, for the U.S. team, uh, were there and performed well. Now, you mentioned uh, Josh Williams uh, for Canada. He was the guy that, that scored that OT winner uh, against the, in the semis against the U.S. And, and maybe just to ask you your opinion on, on what happened there. Um, you know, the U.S. kind of robbed uh, for their chance to play in the gold. The, the, Canadian, um, the Canadians got the – Dylan uh, Cousins got the, the equalizer tied at 5-5. But clearly the, the clock had, had run out. Um, and without the, the benefit of, of video replay, um, I guess the, you know, the on-ice officials called it as they saw it, but it, it uh, certainly left a bad taste in the, mo- in the mouths of the Americans. And, uh, um, y- you know, is, is this something now, given, the, 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 given that this event is, is getting a, gaining a higher profile, and it's going to be back in, in Canada um, you know, 2020, 2022, uh, is this something that, that uh, needs to happen in, in every arena now, that, that video replay is part of this tournament? Well, I, I think 
you know, when it gets back to to Bratislava, it's probably not something that's that's going to be used there. Uh, and that was the impetus for the meetings that the group had previous to this event, knowing that some of the games would be, you know, uh, at at Rogers Place. So I think what happened is they they went about it the wrong way, and, and it was probably just an oversight. But the way it all shook down is that there was games played at Service Arena in Red Deer that I attended, which was a smaller arena, fairly new built, but doesn't have the capacity to, and nor should it. For, there, there's no no impetus for that rink to have that. It's a, it's a local community rink that seats maybe, I don't know, maybe 1,200 people. Uh, so it wasn't going to be there. And then when you get to Edmonton, they call it the community rink, which is actually attached to the Rogers place. Uh, and that too is a very similar situation. It might seat maybe a thousand people in there. Uh, and there's no impetus for the video to, to be present in that arena either. as It's normally just used for, you know, for minor hockey. Uh, having said all that though, the, the reason given was that it wasn't going to be used in all the rinks video replay. So it should not be used in any game. Now the counter to that would be, and the, and the proper way to think about this is the most important games were played at Rogers place, meaning your gold and your bronze medal games were played there. There were two placement games that were played at the community rink, but quite frankly, when you're talking about fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth place, you know, it, it doesn't have any sort of impact uh, for the country. So let's get back to the, to the medal games that were played at Rogers Place. What they should have said is we're not going to use any video replay until we get to the medal games, knowing that both medal mm-hmm. games will be played at Rogers Place where they have the capacity to do that. So that'll definitely be a change that will be implemented when it comes back to Edmonton two years from now, but simply an oversight by the committee um, for this particular event. See, they need um, your guidance on these things, Sam. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> you, you mentioned uh, Lafreniere um, and and not being eligible till 2020. As same with Lucas Raymond. Um, uh, it, with with Lafreniere, is is it is it possible? Is it likely even uh, that we'll see him at the World Juniors in Vancouver? I, I think it's highly likely. I really do. Um, and, and it's not often that we get to see you know technically what would be a double underage player represent Canada at the event. Uh, you know, I think about Jason Spezza. I think John Tavares is one of those guys. Uh, Jay Bowmeister going back uh, quite a ways. Those are three guys that kind of uh, off the top of my head that I can think about. Connor McDavid, I think, as well. Um, but this guy's a dynamic player. I mean, when you, as an underage player, are named the captain of, of this team, of a bunch of guys that are older, I, that says everything to me about what Hockey Canada thinks of him. But there really isn't anything in this game that he can't do. I think he has the size. I think he has the smarts to be able to play with with 19-year-old players. Um, You know, the skill set, there's no question about it there. He's got unbelievable hands, amazing vision, really strong on the puck, strong on his skates. And so those things that are normally reserved for players that are 19 years of age because of their strength, I don't think really impact Lafreniere. And that's why I think we will see him come Boxing Day representing Canada. And he's he's on the radar for 2020. But uh, as far as the 2019 guys, you mentioned uh, Puck Olsen uh, from Russia, uh, maybe Broberg um, from Sweden, uh, Jack Hughes from the Summer Showcase. Uh, those are the those are kind of the guys. Who else should we be uh, paying attention to over the course of the year uh, for well, the, the 2019 draft? Yeah, Rick, I think Hughes is, is, is going to be the guy who goes to wire to wire as the number one guy, kind of similar to Rasmus Dahlin that we saw, you know, this mm-hmm. year. I don't think he's there, it's ever going to be a question for anybody. He's got Connor McDavid-like qualities to his game. But moving past that, there's a couple of guys that I talk about. Capo Kako plays for Finland, who actually is an underage player, was at the World uh, Junior Showcase. I think he was he got hurt and missed part of it. Alex Newhook, who's actually property to Halifax Mooseheads, but plays for Victoria in the BCHL, would be another guy. Uh, Raphael Lavoie, another Halifax player, is a late birthday, who was up at Canada's World Junior Showcase camp. Um, Peyton Krebs, Dylan Cousins, who we saw score the game tying goal. Bowen Byram, really good year for the WHL, down year for the OHL, and about a, an average to slightly above average year for players coming out of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. And I think it'll be, uh, again, a real strong year 
uh, after a strong year last year for the U.S. Uh, National Training and Development Program. So there'd be a couple of names to look for there in, in terms of uh, some other guys outside of Hughes that we might uh, see work, in, work around that top ten. Excellent. Sam, you are a wealth of information. We certainly appreciate you taking time out uh, to, to, to share some of that with you, uh, with, with our listeners and with us. Um, thank you so much. Uh, we're uh, so glad you got to attend uh, the Holinka Cup this year. Um, glad, glad to see that this stuff is taking place in Canada a little more often uh, for, for it to become a little more visible for people and really give them something to chew on over those dry hockey summer months (laughs) yeah it's 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 nice it's really it's really neat and for my work in particular i'm I'm grateful for having had the opportunity to to get out there for a couple of days i think it'll serve uh, some pretty good dividends down the road but it'll be nice to to see that event here in canada every other year for at least the next uh you know the next two go around so uh, I think it's a, a really wise decision on the part of Hockey Canada, the Edmonton Oilers, and uh, and all the participants involved who came over from other countries to plan it. For sure, be sure to mark your calendars. It's it's you know there's there really is no off season. Hockey happens all year round around here. <laughs> um, yeah, Sam, thank sure you does. again. That's right. Thank you again so much for taking time out. We really appreciate it. Uh, we certainly uh, wish you well for the rest of your summer, and we'll be in touch soon. Hope to have you on again soon. Okay, Amy, Rick, thanks so much for having me thanks on. And I'm sure I'll see you guys in the rink somewhere. Yep, All righty. Thanks so much, Sam. Thanks, Sam. Oh, Rick, I have to say, you know, every time every time we talk to Sam, he's just got uh, really good insight and analysis. He's really got uh, his finger on the pulse of, of things with junior hockey in Canada. And uh, really glad to uh, have him on the show. And, and hopefully we can do that again soon. None better when... Um... When you when you look at prospects, when you look at uh, Canadian junior hockey, when you look at uh, even the, the draft, uh, just a wealth of knowledge uh, doesn't get enough credit, in my opinion. And uh, make sure to follow uh, follow his work, um, either uh, watching on Sportsnet or um, he he posts regular articles during the season. So uh, look out for those as well. Absolutely. And a super nice guy as well. Always, always greets you with a big smile and handshake, no matter how busy he is. So thanks. Thanks to Sam for coming on today. Um, Moving over to kind of what we alluded to at the beginning of the show, how, yes, this time of year, this kind of August drought in, in hockey news has settled uh, around around the social media platforms, you could say it's that time of year when, you know, there's not a lot of player movement happening. There's not a lot of news happening outside of, of these uh, individual tournaments that we've been talking about. People are getting ready to get geared up for training camp coming in, in just a few weeks. And it's, it seems to create this environment where people who like to just start rumors or perpetuate rumors or throw out what ifs, that snowball into people thinking that it's real. It just, it becomes this really big pool of muddy water as far as finding actual newsworthy things to talk about. Um, And, and Rick, the Canadians really seem the last, last week or so have unfortunately found themselves not necessarily their fault or not, but there's been plenty of, Oh my goodnesses and what ifs and oh is that true happening and swirling around? Um, unfortunately, more than one instance of that, and it's just it's almost exhausting. Like I, I at this time of year, I feel like I just want to not even look at Twitter <laughs> because it's just going to be hockey. Twitter is going to be melting down about something that ends up being completely inconsequential or untrue anyway. Like it's it just seems to be a never-ending vicious cycle. Well, the funny part to me is that um, the issues, whatever the issue is, whatever the rumor is, whatever, whatever the report is, gets, gets lost. Because Twitter ends up fighting, uh, people fall into their natural sides, the pro media, the, the uh, I hate media, um, mainstream media, I, 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 you know, the anti, the, the fake news kind of people. And people just argue about, Oh, leave the media alone. Oh, they're just doing their jobs. Oh, they're terrible. They're they're they should be run out yeah. of Montreal. It goes back and forth, and the the issue is 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 almost irrelevant, which is sad. Um, 
and over the last week we had a couple Jonathan Drouin there was a um, um, I'll put him a, a fringe uh, media person who said that uh, at a charity tournament uh, let the, was it Chris Letang's tournament? I think it was think Chris Letang's tournament, yeah. Uh, that uh, Jonathan Drouin, uh, you know, small rank, uh, bad ice, had suffered a serious um, knee injury that was going to cause uh, him to miss uh, some time. And, um, and uh, people fought about that. And then uh, it was Alan Walsh, his agent. Down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. Um, Drouin came out, and, uh, uh, Alan Walsh came out, Drouin's agent, and um, squash that not not in a polite way, not in a professional way. Uh, Alan Walsh is is um, anyway. Um, you <laughs> wish that. Speaking of media, good and bad media. Well, speak of yeah. good and bad agents, and yeah. you know which side Alan Walsh is obviously on. Uh, what he did with Halak, what he did with Duran when he was in in with the Lightning. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he so uh, you know is is there some truth did 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 Durant tweak something did he well anyway um, uh, Chantel Maccabee no Chantel's great um, and she Chantel's kind of very out, good yeah uh, and she said that um, uh, he didn't seem to be any worse for wear and he was out skating so that kind of that one died. Um, and, and, and may not have been, there may not have been anything to it in the first place. Yeah. No, the other one, I, uh, there's a little bit more substance to it, in my opinion. And it came from our friend, uh, Raphael Doucette, uh, who, um, with, uh, with Anthony, Anthony Marcotte, the two of them, uh, are the, uh, the radio, uh, voices of, uh, the Laval Rocket, um, and these guys are good. They 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 do a great job. Um, and he said uh, that that according to his sources, this was uh, 24 hours ago, um, that um, Jeff Molson, Claude Julien, and Mark Bergevin um, would not be attending Max Captain Max Pacioretty's uh, charity golf tournament that's coming up. Um, and that one cost, as you as that you said, caused meltdown. another Twitter meltdown. Yeah, it re- you know it really did because suddenly everybody had an opinion one way or another as to whether or not those three should be in attendance at Max Pacioretty's golf tournament. And then and then there were the you know then it just snowballed from there. Then it was the oh well you know maybe they're not going because even though they were there last year maybe they're not going this year because they don't want to have to face media questions if they haven't traded Pacioretty yet or maybe they're not going because they know they're going to trade him before the tournament happens so what's the point of even getting a ticket to go or uh, i mean it was just stupidity i mean the speculation is is off the charts um and it's like people just feed it just as I keep using the word snowball because people just feed off of everybody else's speculation and it just grows into this big monstrous debacle of are the owners is the owner the GM and the coach going to be at Max Pacioretty's charity tournament which obviously they should be they've been there in the past he is still the the captain um so yeah he they they should be there but the saga didn't end there Rick no, it didn't. Um, but the 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 funny part for me is always I I I get amused particularly by the Bergevin apologist. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know why it is, but but I do. And um, uh, they came out in force and said, "Oh, this is a good thing. This is a great thing. In fact, <laughs> that Bergevin has decided not to go because this is a charity event for the children and." Uh, obviously is, is, has in his focus, the children, and he doesn't want to take away from the children. Uh, it it was just, anyway. So, uh, yes, um, uh, 24 hours goes by and then, uh, kind of in a response, I guess, the Montreal Canadians tweeted, um, that Mark Bergevin, Claude Julien, and Jeff Molson, that's three of a foursome. I don't know who will make up the other one. Uh, will be attending the Max Badgerty, um 
golf tournament. And they are very proud of their uh, captain's involvement in the community. Yes, we had to be sure to get that in there as well. I mean, have we have we reached a point, honestly, that this is going to be the back and forth media strategy that, oh, okay, a rumor has cropped up on social media that people are ravenously going after. So we need to put out a tweet to uh to to right the ship and 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 settle that once and for all until the next rumor starts i mean it's just it seems it seems to be a bit crazy that the nuttiness that goes down on social media every day is is starting to drive what an official team account is tweeting or not tweeting or confirming or not confirming or or making a statement about or not making a statement about um yeah, you know it's deep in the summer when we're at this point. <laughs> and um, you know, Raf, uh, he, I, I, you know, there's, there's, there's two scenarios. Either his sources were wrong um, about this mistaken, uh, or they're absolutely dead right. Uh, and in 24 hours, the Canadians saw this as such a a bad PR move on their point that, that they said uh, they quickly uh, forwarded their RSVPs to the golf tournament and and freed up their calendar and said uh, that they're, they're packing their clubs. Um, uh, Raphael Doucette uh, tweeted and, and seems amused and and said uh, that, uh, you know, just 24 hours after his tweet, uh, the, the Canadians are putting out this information. So, um, and Hopefully. you know, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, and and none of that. I, there are there are those out there um, who I would question, you know, the validity of the things that they report. Raphael's not one of them. Uh, he is he's a he's a serious journalist, um, serious member of the media. So, you know, there are those who are who have tried to come down hard on his head for putting, putting the news out there. He wouldn't have reported it if he didn't have a credible source telling him that. So be that what it may. Mm-hmm. Well, let's keep uh, fingers and toes crossed that maybe just maybe we can get through the rest of this month uh, without any other crazy, ridiculous rumors. I doubt that's going to happen, but you know, one can hope one can hope, but as we have uh, said a couple times here, Rick, uh, training camp is just around the corner. Like literally, training camp is in like three and a half weeks. The rookie tournament's in three weeks, I think, and and training camp is in like three and a half weeks. Hockey season is rapidly approaching, and so that means we're also starting to, uh, you know, really gear things up here uh, at Rocket Sports, and we're we're getting prepped for a new season and things of that nature. And, and that means, uh, Rick, this is a good time of year to, to mention um, any openings that might be available as well, right? And someone who has their sights set on uh, one of their, those openings um, is Michael Chaput, um, 26-year-old centerman who is signed, presumably, uh, at least we were presuming, uh, to um, kind of partially fill in for... Uh, scoring champion Chris Terry and and uh, Adam Cracknell in Laval, um, but uh, Mr. Chaput has his set set uh, a little higher than that for the upcoming really? season. Mm-hmm. Like, like wants to be the captain of the Laval Rocket. My mindset is to make this team. And when he says this team, he says, I want to play for the Montreal Canadiens. That's my goal. That's. Oh, yeah. You know, I feel like that's been a common theme. (laughs) Well, he is a Quebec native and Mm -hmm. uh, somehow that, that, um, you know, he, he thinks that it, that, that gives him a, a leg up perhaps. Um, he said it's his first year. He plans to make an impact, uh, plans to stay for the long run. There's, you know, he um, uh, sees himself as a, as a uh, first or second line kind of uh, player, top six in, in the AHL. So 
thinks uh, it shouldn't be too hard to grab one of those bottom six spots uh, with a big club uh, for the upcoming year. Well, him and about 16 other guys. <laughs> exactly. Um, Honestly, I think I think Matthew Pekka said the same thing this summer. We know Delorier has said the same thing. Um, there's, I, there, I know there's more. Like it's like every De La every. Rose, Armia, Sherback. Um, yeah. You know, the list goes there's on only and so on. So many roster spots, guys. Mm-hmm. Hate to break it to ya. I well, mean, he hey, if. Sure... Go ahead. Yeah, he made sure to to mention when speaking to the the Canadians for this this that he's a big. Saku Koibu fan loves Richard Zednick. Uh, his his okay. grandpa loved Aaron Asham, which is a very of all the Canadians to what? pick from. Aaron Asham. Grandpa was yeah. Who who did I I, I have to look it up. I it wasn't even a Canadian very long. It's Islander, a flyer. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, he was. He, when I think Aaron Asham, a Canadian is not the first thing that comes to mind. So if Grandpa wants him to be Aaron Asham, like maybe he's not going to achieve his goal. Um, being with the yeah. this year. I don't yeah. know about that. I don't know. Good luck to him. Oh, goodness. Well, you know, the only thing, the okay, I, you know, so try to put a silver lining on everything. If, if it's anything at all, I think training camp is going to be very competitive this year. Because I can't remember a see, naturally every guy that attends training camp has a goal in mind that they want to make the roster, whether it's a realistic goal for that season or not uh, to, to make the roster right out of training camp. Of course, that's everyone's goal when they go to training camp, but I don't recall so many guys being so vocal about there's only one thing that they are focused on. It, it just, I feel like it's, I just feel like it's that motivation has been front and center so much. So maybe that means we're going to see a really competitive uh, training camp and, and that could make things interesting for the month of September. I got to say. Nothing wrong with that. Um. Not, nothing wrong with that. Um, so speaking of, of open positions um, here at Rocket Sports, um, did you want to talk a little bit about uh, as we're also gearing up, for a new season here with the team, um, would you like to mention some some areas in which, if if people are interested in joining our team, that that they have the opportunity to do that? Absolutely. Um, it's the time where, as you say, we gear up and we're looking uh, towards the the hockey season. We have a great team, uh, Rocket Sports team, that that uh, produce the content on uh, All Habs Hockey Magazine, on AHL Report, um, and we're all over um, North America and beyond. Um, and and we have a couple of spots open that we would. Um, uh, like to invite you to to apply to be part of our team. Um, you can be a staff writer, um, and and for a staff writer, we're normally looking for those that uh, uh, that are maybe uh, in a journalism program, in a communication program, uh, are looking for um, a way of of, um, of gaining some experience as a student, or you're a recent graduate and uh, you're looking to fill out your resume. Uh, or, um, you know, you're just a, a, a longtime um, hockey fan with uh, a little extra uh, 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 knowledge and, and you're looking for a platform to, uh, to let your opinion be known. So we're looking for staff writers. Um, we're looking for editors. Um, and in particular, since we're, um, we're on the From the Press Box podcast, we're looking for a mm-hmm. podcast producer. Uh, and that would be, um, you know, we have four in our in our uh, stable uh, of podcasts: Habs 360, Habs Unfiltered, Hab a Listen. Uh, the Hab a Listen guys uh, just put out a um, yet another. You should take a look at it. Um, uh, Lewis and Gibby's workout uh, uh, summer workout, <laughs> off season workout. workout for for Habs fans. They put one out a few weeks back and was so My. popular they they followed it up. 
Um, but we're looking for a pro- podcast producer to um, uh, behind the scenes put together the the the, uh, the, the research for the the podcast, get together all the the information we need, the the, the clips, um, and uh, and you know you might be in that kind of of uh, field in in school and looking uh, again for some experience um, to uh, to help us out with our uh, uh, with our full lineup of rocket sports podcasts it's a great team to join um it's a great way to get some experience with uh you know a, a great organization a credentialed organization um that's got a great reputation for bringing um insight analysis uh you know and and all sorts of things it's just a great team to be part of we have a lot of fun um and i very much encourage people to uh, reach out if you'd like to be part of it. And Rick, tell us again where people can go if they, if they want to send in an application. Uh, go to allhabs.net. You can also go to ahl.report and you'll, you'll notice uh, on both in the navigation bar, you'll notice join our team uh, and um, click on that link and, and uh, the information's there and application forms there uh, and uh, invite you to, to, um, Send in your send in your resume, fill out the form, and and uh, we'd we'd be glad to talk to you and, and hear from you. Excellent. Well, I think that just about wraps up this week's episode of From the Press Box. It was a jam packed episode yet again. I don't know why everybody else has to you know fill their social media feeds with all these rumors. We got plenty of actual news happening uh, that we're happy to bring to you each and every week. Um, Rick, thanks for joining in again today. It was great talking with you and our special guest, Sam Cosentino. Great to have Sam on the show and to talk to you, and uh, we'll see you back here next week. Absolutely. Enjoy the rest of your week, folks, and we'll see you back here next Tuesday on the AHL Report from the Press Box.